Hey, you are now listening to the Graceway Podcast. Let's talk. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk. My name is Jeff Adams, and it's my joy to be sitting here beside Pastor Tim Dunn. Good to see you, man. And uh, always excited to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, today is absolutely no exception. You know, as we've been going through the, the Bible this year, yeah. just getting started. Yeah. And and today we, we focused on Jacob. Mm-hmm. And just before the camera went on, uh, you were telling me that you wrestled with that yeah. and that Jacob was a last minute addition, like you wondered whether to include him or not. Yeah. And those of us that were there were like, we're sure glad you added him. <laughs> what was going on inside? How, how did you come to that conclusion? What was the struggle? Walk us through that. Yeah, he's just, he's an outlier in, in the story. I mean, his bookends are Abraham and Joseph, who you see covenant, you see the promise of God, you see faithfulness, you see uh, more pronounced brushstrokes mm-hmm. uh, at the macro level. Even with, even with Joseph, when he's at the bottom of a pit, you sort of have this sense that God's still up to something. Sure. With Jacob, you don't. You just feel like this guy's a mess. This guy um, keeps doing the wrong thing for the wrong reason. And I was telling you, you know, um, for anybody who hasn't preached, normally, you know, you have a window between Tuesday and Thursday where <clears throat> the f- deeper you get in the week, the more panic sets in, right? And uh, you know, I know I, that panic. you know that panic. Yeah, <laughs> it's not for lack of content; it's for yeah. lack of cohesiveness. Exactly. And um, and so, at, even as of yesterday afternoon, I still was not feeling like I had my uh, heart around it. Um, as poignantly as I felt like it was there, you know, you're kind of digging for treasure, and uh, you know, you you know the clink of hitting the treasure box. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and really, yesterday at about two. For me, um, Jacob made sense to me. You know, you have a guy in pursuit of blessing. You have this chiasmic covenant in between, very similar to Abraham. I knew that early on. But at the end, for some reason, I had just glossed over God taking his strength in order to bless him. Yeah, and uh, and and once once that made sense to me, his story made sense to me, and and honestly, you know, was emotional for me because. Um, you know, I, I, I had a counselor who said to me, you, you're somebody who takes pride in your drive. And, you know, if you're familiar with personality stuff, I'm an eight on an Enneagram, I'm an ENTJ, I'm, I'm a D on a disc. I'm all the hard driving kind of things. And anybody as high on those tests as I am typically has, has trauma that they're responding to. And their response is force. You know, so I'm going to be better, faster, stronger, smarter, more educated. And I see those tenets in my life. I see vows that I made in 21 days of prayer. God uh, brushed some of those off. And I'm, I'm in a process right now of kind of trying to undo vows that I made early on in my life about my safety, about those kind of things. And so once I could see Jacob as a guy that God took his strength in order to bless him, his his story became really personal to me, but it took me about two and a half weeks to get there. Um, wow. And there's a lot there's a lot there, and most of it's really weird, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. what what a what a powerful climax to to your study. And, sure. and a lot of people don't realize that if you're 
uh, if you're the type of teacher preacher that yeah. you are, uh, typically you are reading stuff weeks, if not months ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. And when you talk about coming to Wednesday or Thursday and getting the panic, it's yeah. not because you can't figure out what you're going to do. No. It's because you have this vast mountain <laughs> of research. Yeah. And how do I call out just yeah. 1% that needs to be the focus? That's right. That's right. And uh, But it, it, it's interesting. You know, you've been very transparent with the congregation from the beginning. You come from a broken home. Yeah. And uh, you started off this morning talking about uh, generations of faith. And I want to come back to that because I yeah, think that's an important point. Yeah. But uh, when I heard you talk about that, I'm thinking, okay, there's people sitting here. And if statistics are any indicator, more than half the people that are sitting listening to you today come from a broken home. Yeah. And, and you do. I do. And so what I'm hearing you say is that that drive comes from you wanting to compensate from that. Yeah. And so you, you found some personal identification with Jacob. Yeah, you know, I, my, my dad was a, uh, as you know, but as our, you know, listeners maybe don't know, my dad was a bivocational um, pastor. A lot of brokenness in his family tree. A lot, a lot, a lot. And, you know, you've talked about this, that in, in your day, a lot of the tools that we now have maybe weren't as available in, in sure. regard to trauma and counseling and right. those kind of things. And I think that my dad is a good man who has a lot of trauma. Sure. And so my family, um, you know, blew apart um, pretty violently when I was 13. And and with it, my faith, whatever that meant. Right. And God kind of, God chose to save me three, four years after that mm -hmm. occurred. Um, but you know, I, you know me well enough to know that if you get me talking about my boys and my girl and their faith, you know, I'll get crying because, um, you know, I, I really desperately want to see God change my family tree on the faith side. Um, but there is, Jacob makes sense to me because there is, okay, so then I'm going to, I'm going to do this right and this right and this right and this, I'm going to stack the deck. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to put my family in the best position possible to have the most faith possible. And, you know, life teaches you, uh, that's not enough, yeah. you know, yeah. kids, parenting teach you, you're, you're making mistakes you didn't even know you could make. You're saying things you never thought you'd say, you, you know, responding and, and you can get into a pretty hopeless place around generations if you think it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so you know, it's, it's interesting to me. Abraham is so pronounced. Isaac, especially around faith, is kind of a no-show. Mm -hmm. And then the scary thing about Jacob is after no-show, Isaac, Jacob is a mess, right? And so you have this, you know, patriarch of the faith, Abraham, and then you see this regression mm -hmm. down to, um, but then you see, you see God's faithfulness in it. And you see uh, Jacob ultimately understanding, which is the big redemption of the thing for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and then and then you put the bow on that package this morning when you said, and that's why he is no longer Jacob, he yeah. is Israel. Yeah, that's right. And we talk about the nation of Israel. That's right. Yeah. We don't talk about the nation of Abraham. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's yeah. the that's the thing that's that is emotional about it when you think about God's plans and purposes. It it's completely bizarre outside of the grace of God, that Jacob was the namesake. Of the three, he's the worst by a mile. Oh, yeah. Um, 
even Esau would make more sense, you know, because at least yeah. he's dumb, but he doesn't do anything, you know. He, uh, but why not Isaac? Why not Abraham? That makes more sense. So for God to take the schemer, the trifler, the uh, man, I, there's a, an incredible amount of comfort in that. Um, obviously, I don't want to be those things, uh, but to see God progress his plan in that family through he, that he guy. He could have skipped a generation when we could talk about the, the nation of Joseph. That's exactly right. <laughs> the one who, of all the characters in Genesis, yeah. is the most perfect one. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. exactly right. And uh, and, and, and so I, I tried to convey to people today, you know, uh, Jacob's Jacob is harder to see Jesus in, right, mm -hmm. in terms of type and picture. But he's the clearest in terms of the grace of the plans and purposes of God. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been saying when you're looking for Jesus, gospel, grace, you'll see it everywhere. If you're not looking for gospel and grace, you will see Jacob as an anomaly, as yeah. a as a the outlier, the outlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's how I was coming to it uh, initially. And that's why I was having a hard time getting us back to Jesus. That's where I was stuck. Uh, but once I was able to see. Uh, you know, God offering covenant right off the heels of him being banished and then meeting him in some type of repentance, yeah. wrestling him and, and, and crippling him, you know, um, man, it's a really, really beautiful, poignant story. This guy who spends his entire life desperately trying to get something by hook or crook yeah, exactly. that he already yeah, had. Both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's interesting. Would you agree or not? But I, I look back at my life and I feel like some of the most effective uh, messages that I have shared yeah. have been the ones where I was preaching primarily to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was one of those days, you know, um, yeah, that I, I felt that way. So I, I hope and trust that God used his word. But it was it was a good it was a good journey for me. Yeah, it, it is, his permanent disability yeah. put him into the place of grace and blessing. Yeah, that's right. And every every time he tried to get out of, out of bed in the morning, so to speak, he was reminded, I, did, I never needed your strength. You know, I walked through the door this morning, and uh, people who have never visited Graceway may not know this, but all of the doors have people at them yeah. that are door openers yeah. and greeters. Right. And I walked in this morning, and a sweet dear lady that's been around here for a long time, she called me over to the side, and she opened up her little journal notebook, okay. and she pointed to something that uh, that she notes she had taken some years ago oh, wow. when I first confessed to the church our battle with PTSD. Okay, wow. And wow. she said, I was ready to leave. And that's when I knew this is mm. where God wanted me. Wow! Yeah. And and so you realize this is this is a point of weakness for me. That's right. A permanent disability yeah. in some ways. Yeah, yeah. And and yet, uh, how God uses that for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And we. It's weird, you know. We. You and I have preached that message, a thousand times. Yep. Uh, God, God's grace in your weakness, God's strength in your weakness. You know, but um, I don't know, Jacob. 
there's enough skin on Jacob that it kind of got past my theological brain, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and we could tell that, those of us. And, and by the way, if you're listening to us talk, watching us talk, go back and, and get the message if you haven't, because uh, uh, then you'll understand a little bit better what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. really put a lot of skin yeah. uh, on Jacob this morning. Yeah. I mean, right down to uh, you know his, his shirt unbuttoned down, several buttons with his yeah. hair hanging out, yeah. and yeah. a cheap gold with <laughs> uh, which which was great. Well, it's interesting. Uh, before you came in, I'm sitting here going over my notes, and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to ask Pastor Tim. And uh, effectively, your comment about almost writing Jacob off reversed my oh, order. Did it really? Okay. I was going to start with the generation thing. Yeah. But let me ask you about that because uh, you you talked about generations of faith mm -hmm. and you laid it out in Genesis from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph and yeah. you know how all that works. And and that's when I, I I got to thinking about how do we apply that to families today? But even before we get to the family issue, uh, how does that what what's your thought on how that applies to a church. Yeah. You'd mentioned today this church is almost 80 years old. Right. And uh, <laughs> seems crazy, but uh, it was just exactly five years ago this month that you showed up on the scene. Yeah. It's just the fourth lead pastor in right. 80 years. Right. It's kind of unusual, right? Kind of, yeah. And, and you and I, who you know have been in church world a long time, what is even much more unusual than that is the fact that you and I are sitting here talking, yeah. and we still kind of Enjoying. like each other. Yeah, that's right. And and the fact that uh, there's a continuity of there. Five five years later, I'm still around. Yeah. And and we have this unique chemistry. How, what does that mean to you? How, how, how what is it, what is all that about? I'm not even sure I understand that. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, it's, it means everything to me, uh, to be honest with you. Um, because I come from a broken home, to be a part of a um, continuous family matters more mm. to me, right? Um, to be a part of a smooth transition, an enjoyed transition, Stability matters more to you when you experience brokenness. Yes. And, um, and you know, a lot of well, people don't know. I, I had a list of uh, when my time in Indianapolis came to an end. Um, I, I was praying with my pastor, Dr. Perry, through. Uh, I had four things on my list about what I hoped the church would be. And he wanted me to add an intentional overlap. He's African-American. And I argued with him, you know, like, <laughs> Doc, we don't do that in the white church. And. Blah blah blah. And he said, well, "Let's just let's just pray about it." And, and so it means so much to me for my, part of my spiritual family, for me to have submitted to mark part of my spiritual family to even pray that prayer, mm -hmm. and then to see God answer that prayer in a way that's so redemptive for me personally. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know I don't know if Dr. P was talking culturally or talking for me personally, or, or both in some kind of sovereign way. Well, you mentioned this morning how we're so individualistic yeah, that's right. in, in church world, in society in yeah. general, in this country. What would be your advice uh, to people, how they can find that stability, that family that most people don't have? I mean, most people don't. Yeah. And yet people who don't seem to think they're the only ones who don't. Yeah, that's true. And and so how do how do we find that type of stability in a church family? Yeah, as, as you just listed, and how do we then change the generations to come? Well, I think I think one is what I just said. We we pray these prayers that we don't have any grid around. So you know, I I do pray, 
Pastor John Baxter, our executive pastor, and I do consciously pray through two generations past ours. Hmm. Um, and so thank you, God, for what was in, in your generation. Right. And thank you, God, for the generation that's going to be. But I can see that one. Right. Yeah. Like there's yeah. my kids. Right. There's Pastor John's kids. We, we try to pay, pray into the one that we can't see yet. And it does change the way we think about things. Mm-hmm. It does change the way we think about decisions, t- changes the, the, the way that we think about God's work in this place. But I, I think the other part is, um, is, you know, as it pertains to you and I, there, there, were, there were things that you chose and that you are that made space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing that's rare. What, yeah. what you did is the thing that, that's, that's rare because most, most people do not, and I don't know if you consciously did this. I'm just, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Maybe you did some, maybe you didn't some, I don't know. But somebody, you, you have to be able to see the big picture in order to sacrifice the individual desires that you, of course, had to make space for, the, for me, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have to, in some sense, allow yourself to be diminished mm-hmm. to make space for me. And I, in some sense, in order to honor you, have to have to push people back toward you. Mm-hmm. So there has to be this humility, this desire for relationship. But but I can't get everything I want. And you get everything you want at the same time. Exactly. That's not how it starts. Right. How it starts is us both being willing to listen, both being willing to sacrifice. And then what ends up happening is I think I'm losing something mm-hmm. to make space for you and vice versa. But then in God's grace, when we do that, we end up getting way more than we thought we would have gotten. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think that initial, hey, for the sake of community, continuity, stability, whatever you want to call it, I got I to gotta make space for you and you got to make space for me and I got to listen to you and you, you know, were gracious enough to listen to me. And, and, in, and in a little bit of deference... Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Yeah. A little bit. Um, you know, I, I love you. And I know lots of guys that the guy that they replace, they don't trust him. They don't listen to him. They have no relationship. They border on hating him. And I say to people all the time, my relationship with you is, and this is this is God's grace to me through you. If somebody came to me and said, Pastor Jeff said, and whatever the next thing went, it, was was a criticism or negative or whatever about you i would point blank say you're a liar yeah because you've shown that to me yeah but you had you had to be willing to be something and defer to me in order to build up that trust well i appreciate that and it's 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 mutual but how would you apply that how would you advise someone to have that same type of relationship going in a family setting oftentimes the pain is even worse oh man um, what do you do as a, as a dad? And, and it's interesting to hear you while you while get your thoughts together. You had mentioned how you and, and Pastor John often pray for the second generation. Yeah. And I found that interesting. I don't know that we'd ever really talked about that, but uh, that was one of my perspectives as well. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, hey, don't compliment me for my kids until my grandkids come yeah, along. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, and, and all families have their problems. We, yeah. we totally understand that. My parents never divorced. I had a dysfunctional relationship in my family between my father and his mother. Uh, But yet, 
you know, you survived those things, but yeah. how can someone take what you just said about uh, deferring to someone and all of that? How do we how do we do that in a family setting where things are not great? <laughs> yeah, I mean, going back to Jacob, um, you know, you, you want to continue to look for the promises of God even in the middle of dysfunction. Um, you want to continue to be a person of character even in the middle of dysfunction. And you want to pray like your life depends on it. Mm. Um, you know, my, my wife and I, we're going to celebrate 20 years here in a couple months. And I, I, our, our marriage is both better and worse than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. And I, I mean that sincerely. And, and the worse, neither of them feel like they were under my, in my control. Mm. Like, I didn't make it way better than I thought. That's God's yeah. grace. I did make it way worse than I thought, you know? And so remembering the promises of God, remembering the faithfulness of God, continuing to try to pursue grace and gospel and character in God and praying past what I know, past what I am, past what I... Uh, but yeah, I mean, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob's family is a great a great illustration of God. Even, even in the midst of brokenness, God was faithful. God, God had promises. God was a father to the fatherless. All those kind of things, and uh, so it, I would say what I said, and then I would also say, find good friendships, find yeah, good sure. mentors, find you know. The, and and sometimes you have to draw those hard boundaries. You do with yep. a toxic relationship. Yeah, in your you family. do. You do. And that you know, I was talking to a counselor today, and he said, you know, post COVID, seventy percent of the women that I talk to say their husband's a narcissist and 75% say their, you know, um, husbands say their wife's obsessed. Like we, we now have all these labels that, uh, I don't know that they're always, that they're always helpful. And so one part of me wants to say, Hey, God doesn't call you to live in abuse. God doesn't call all of those kind of things. The other thing that I want to say is, um, sometimes your labels, sometimes your judgment, sometimes your criticism are doing more damage than you think, and you're not as right as you think. Um, grace, marriages stick together not not through labels and criticism. They stick together through grace and long suffering and prayer, and and, sure. and God's mercy and all of those those things. And so, you know, it's hard to speak to it generally. Yeah, um, it, it is. But t today you took us uh, with Jacob to Bethel. Yeah. House of God. Yeah. And uh, that's where Jacob said, God was in this place and I didn't know it. Yeah. And, and you said something just a minute ago. I think even when we're in a dysfunctional family, maybe one of the things that we can do is to say, so where is God? Yeah, that's good. That's he's good. there. Yeah, he's there. He's there, even yeah. though we don't know it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you also said today that, uh, as in Jacob's case, God is always using us even when we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All through his scheming and deceiving and, yeah. and all of his, uh, you know, stuff, determination, all of his stuff. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We, we could say other words right there that yeah, we, people can <laughs> fill in the blanks <laughs> that we hear all the time. But yeah. I mean, he, that so fits him. It does. He just had a whole suitcase filled with uh, a bunch of stuff. He did. He did. Yeah. And, and yet God was in the whole thing. Yeah, he was. I mean, even the. But I think that's what's so odd about it is is how how far away from what you think is God's ideal that Jacob goes. Two wives, twelve sons, they hate each other all the And then God uses that dysfunction and whips it all the way back to it is the blueprint for not only the twelve tribes, but uh the 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 new city <laughs> and you know, I mean it's 
it, yeah. it, the, the, the 12 tribes go all the way through both covenants, right? Right. right. And it is, it is bananas to think about how broken that family was. Yes. And yet it's the one that God uses yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I just hope that people are encouraged. Hey, unless you have like the worst Brady Bunch kind of family, I mean, two uh, cohabitating wives, 10 sons and two sons, rivalries built in, bitterness built in. And, and God's like, I'll use that as the blueprint. Yeah, how could it get much worse than that? That's right. right. That's right. And uh, and God used it. And and we talk about the 12 tribes and all of those things all the way through Scripture and forget that came from someone's life. Yeah. Someone's dysfunction, someone's disobedience, someone's scheming. God still used it. Well, I guess that's a, a good spot to conclude today, okay. uh, to, to lead people with hope that no yeah. matter how bad it is, no yeah. matter how much they've messed up. Yeah, yeah. God's still in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and you said today, if you're a child of God, you're going home. Yeah, you're coming home. It's yeah. just a matter of whether you go first class or, or <laughs> economy. <laughs> it's exactly. just basically it. Yeah. Well, yeah, Pastor Tim, as always, this is a light man. And uh, we will see you right back here at the same time next week. Thanks for tuning into the Graceway Experience. Hope we can talk again sometime. <laughs>